Welcome to the podcast that is designed to fuel your success in selling technology solutions. I'm your host, Josh Lopresto, VP of Sales Engineering at Tolaris, and this is Next Level Biz Tech. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode. I'm your host, Josh Lopresto, SVP of Sales Engineering at Tolaris, and this is the Next Level Biz Tech Podcast. So today we get to jump into the fun stuff. We get to talk cloud, and we get to talk cloud with none other than Kobe Phillips, VP of the Tolaris Cloud Practice. Kobe, welcome on, my friend. Thank you for having me, Josh. Very excited to be here. So uh, before we get into Tolaris and the cloud practice and all kinds of good fun stuff, I like to talk windy backgrounds. So some people have taken a linear path into this world. Some people, we've had parking lot attendants on here. We've had car salesmen on here, all now successful people like yourself in our space. So uh, set the stage for me a little bit. Uh, and, and anything you can use me, give me as uh, evidence to use against you later um, as blackmail. Any windy path, where did it start? How did you get to this spot? You know, my story begins pretty humbly. I was a janitor at a college in the Northeast. And there was an equation on a board. And I decided that, why not take a stab at it, right? And along came this professor. And then uh, some things happened there. We ended up making a friendship. And then he helped me through some issues and introduced me to a psychiatrist that helped me even further along. And then through a series of uh, just strange coincidences, I ended up at Tolaris. And if you don't recognize that as the plot of Goodwill Hunting, then I'm pretty disappointed. <laughs> uh, my background is a lot different than that. And uh, yeah, definitely windy. Um, I didn't pick tech or telecom coming out of school as something that I was really interested in. Uh, quite differently, I was in uh, other industries. I started off my professional career in like wholesaling, so fashion to come stores like Nordstrom's and Macy's and so on and so forth. Um, and transitioned out of that um, and into some other uh, areas like interior design. And then uh, as the economy burst, I ended up at a small CLEC out of the Northwest and really just took to it. Learned um, all the different things. And for the first three months, it was a disaster though. Didn't even understand what I was selling, what I was doing at all um and i'm pretty sure i was about to get fired um but have like a last day of the month save you type of deal and then from there it clicked and started to understand the technology understanding the placement and what i really started to understand is to just have conversations with the customers and figure out what they're trying to accomplish uh even even then when we we're just kind of pitching like i'll save you 20 30 percent on your bill the more that i would talk to them the more we could figure out other problems we could solve. And then that's really where I got like passionate about it, not to sound too like cheesy, but that's really what drew me in. And then I got good at the technology piece, right? Like I started to understand more things, more to the click, had some really good engineering resources that took time and invested in me and teaching me. And from there, uh, everything else uh, was history. I got into the channel about four years into my career, started to understand that space, uh, understand I have a passion for helping partners and not 
just on the technology side again, but on, hey, what are you trying to do to grow your business? What are you trying to do to solve your customers' problems? What are you trying to do to improve your education? And that really kind of all roads led to Tolaris where I started off as an SPM, uh, then moved into a different role before actually exiting the company for a bit and then coming back as VP of cloud a uh, short time later. Love it. I love a good windy path. Uh, I, you know, I was listening to the beginning of that going, I, I thought I knew you pretty well. None of this makes any sense to me at all, but let's see where this goes. So I love it. Um, and you know what you brought up, I think is an interesting, it's been a common theme of, you know, there's a lot of technology on this podcast, but any great conversation, any successful deal, any partner's business all comes from just learning about the customers and their business and having a business level conversation. What problems are they trying to solve those things? So I love hearing that uh, again from you, because it sounds like that's been key to your success too. Yeah, I think we practice, right? When we're sales reps and anyone that's done this, you practice your elevator pitch, which all of this is important. But when you can start to like get to a place, you have a real conversation with someone and you can start to make inroads, um, it draws them in and you, you start to see that evolution of that conversation and that relationship, you know, like, hey, you're looking to help me. And I appreciate that. And I can see that it's genuine and that you're not just trying to pitch me and sell me. And that translates a lot. And so that's where I got really into, you know, where I'm at now as far as like helping our partners, helping their customers and, you know, not having this most, I'm not the most polished sales guy, right? I'm not going to go in and wow you um, with a lot of like sales tactics and things like that. I definitely understand the room. Um, but as far as like the relatability play, that's, that's where I really like it because that's genuinely who I am. And so that's where it comes across. Good point. Let's talk about that, right? Coming back, building out the Tolaris cloud practice. Um, you know, let's, let's talk about, you've done a phenomenal job at that. We've seen insane growth with that over the last couple of years. Uh, walk me through for anybody that's listening, what, what is your role, right? What, if a partner wants to know how you can help them, what your role and, and what your, your strategy is as part of building out the cloud practices. And then we'll get into some more details. Oh, no, I appreciate that. Uh, so when I first came back, my role was a little bit different than it is today. It was, you know, taking a look at a company that had been known as a transactional TSP, right? Um, we'd done some stuff. We had, we had great suppliers in the portfolio, but we never really concentrated on it. I mean, we were more mostly known for contact center and network support, uh, really good transactional stuff with our tools and everything automation with cable. And so whenever the idea came back to me to come back and like build out a cloud practice, I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? Like who wouldn't want to go take on that challenge when we're five to seven years behind some of our competitors. Uh, but I didn't see that it was an insurmountable gap and that's not disrespectful to anybody else. There's just the technology so new and so a bit like new and fresh to the channel holistically that was coming up that if we could get ahead of that and make sure that we had the right portfolio, the right support and understood the right, motions that I think we could could quickly catch up if not leap ahead of where everybody else was. And so we've executed on that plan as a company, right? It's not just like a me thing. First, we start with our operations team and understand the vocabulary and how to support the request. Josh, your team has built out, you know, I think we had six or seven resources when I first came back. We're up to almost 20 now, including, you know, Anthony Hansen out of the solutions architect team. We're looking to add additional one uh, at other in another part of the country. So you're seeing that the company invest in this as well, right? So it's not just like me running out and closing all these deals. Um, early on, it was a lot of washing and drying and utilizing 
the SE resources, which were tremendous and making sure that we didn't drop any balls and that the partners felt supported. I think as that has grown more and more, you've seen that expansion. So what I focus on a lot more now is making sure that our portfolio is up to date, making sure that not only like what's going in the channel now and who's supporting it, who's executing on it, and we stay on top of that, but like, hey, what's next, right? Like I went to, I tell the story, I went to AWS reInvent, walked the, the expo floor, recognize there's not one piece of the technology that's being talked about there that we don't have access to as a channel, which is exciting because I don't think we could have said that even 12 to 24 months ago. For sure. Um, so keeping keeping my eye on that, uh, along with your team, you know, vetting out new suppliers, making sure that we have the right technology there and then utilizing our supplier management team to make sure the channel can support our partners. And there's a lot of science and a lot of motion that goes into all this. It's not just like sign it and then Hope it goes well. Um, in the old days, that 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 worked, but I think we're all past that now. So a lot of that, a lot of education for our partners, making sure they have the right talk tracks, understand the right trend lines, what to bring up to their customers, how to relate to them, how to change their perception, just like we had to as a transactional TSP. Like, hey, how do you go from a network guy and you know put yourself across as a complete digital strategist, right? And that just pigeonholes yourself as a network guy, or even just a cloud guy. Like if we do have cloud-based partners that have specialized in that, we have a lot of conversations about reverse engineering that, if you will, where we're like, here's how you expand into contact center or into right. UC and, and into network. So it works both ways. Good. Good. Uh, let's let's jump into now the, the, the center of this talk track is cloud, but more specifically infrastructure. Mm -hmm. So... From your perspective, um, you know, when we say cloud, right, that means a lot of things and everybody wants to know oh, what we're boiling it down to infrastructure. So talk to me about, you know, with what you've seen, with the practice that you've been building out, uh, what are you seeing the infrastructure side of things help solve for customers? And really, what does it all encompass? Uh, I mean, literally was just on a call today, right? It's a global based customer. And, and I'll use a couple of examples so we don't just look like a big opportunity and then uh, that's all we focus on because those aren't the ones that come across our desk all the time. Uh, but this case, it was, you know, they're consolidating um, over 50 data centers down to single digits. Uh, so they're looking at that. They're looking at using some cloud-based technology. They have some data governance issues in certain countries. And so in this case, it was really just listening to all the different business reasons and then designing a, an architecture that supports that. Uh, the customer was pretty savvy and pretty on top of stuff, but there's some things that they hadn't really thought of, right? Like for some of the real-time applications, do we need to look at utilizing an edge type product, right? And CDN delivery of those. And um, instead of continually buying hardware, and especially in some of these hard to reach countries that you don't have, you know, personnel in, why not utilize like a bare metal option, right? And so there's a lot of different elements that we can bring to the table when it comes to infrastructure. The other thing too is they were they were overpaying in their case in their opinion for AWS. So I said, well, what are you you know putting there? And there was a lot of production. They did a lot of um, acquisitions, and so some of the some of the stuff would live in AWS, some would be on prem, some would be here. And so we looked and we talked about a hybrid deployment, and that's really where I see a lot of the infrastructure going. And in a hybrid environment, you're utilizing you know sometimes on prem stuff. Like in this case, they had 20, 30 year old applications utilizing a private cloud. Uh, and most of the time when you're doing that, your, your static workloads or your production that you're, that you're accessing you know, day after day after day and to eliminate like egress charges, have a little bit more security and control over it. 
and really eliminate any potential failure from an outside party into your private environment. And then you do utilize a hyperscaler or public cloud or DevOps or you know, some other you know, emergency infrastructure, if you will, things of that nature. Good point. So when we talk about it, it's that traditional you know, infrastructure as a service, platform as a service in a lot of cases, and then private, public, or hybrid type of environment. So you you brought up some good points there, and you know I want to get maybe a little deeper into education. Um, obviously, there's the there's engineering and architecture that can help when, when you know we need to get to an opportunity and get into the weeds. And sometimes those are technical, but sometimes those, like you mentioned, come back to just a business conversation of what the business is trying to do. But but walk me through, uh, and I think you gave us a good a good read on this of what you're doing to kind of build out the practice. But what are the resources if 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 I'm a contact center partner or if I'm a network partner or whatever, and I want to jump deeper into the cloud, what's my, what's my roadmap? And there are a lot of different trainings and, and events and things like that that we do, but what would you encourage a partner? Where would they start? Where are op- opportunities that they could come into one of these events if they want to get more advanced? You know, what, what does that look like? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I would say that utilize the resources that we're putting out, right? Um, our LMS, which is continually evolving, um, the in-person uh, events, if you're able to catch those, the boot camps, the academies, things of that nature. And then also we have tremendous supplier trainings. Uh, we have some suppliers that put out their own, you know, learning um, management software or system, sorry, um, capabilities, and they walk you through a lot of their stuff and they'll keep it pretty agnostic. So once you go through two or three of these, I think you'll start to get a pretty firm grasp of what it is. If you want to learn a specific hyperscaler, Josh, I mean, you and I have talked about this. There's some pay pay to play type of trainings that you and I have both taken in the past just to see what they were about and kind of get trained up on them. Um, those aren't horrible either. I don't know how many of our partners necessarily want to go and become a solutions architect at AWS, right? Um, by all means, if you think that's a path you need to take, then you know I encourage it. But I don't feel like that's a necessary path for our partners. The other thing that I always like to make sure and, and recognize, and then we did this at an event, it was at one of our academies. Um, I had the top 10 reasons, you know, in our presentation of top 10 like reasons companies aren't moving to cloud. And a partner raised his hand and said, Hey, these seem a little kind of dated. Are these still the things that come up? Because you know he's thinking this is going to be cutting edge, and there's there's a mix of cutting edge conversation in these academies, but most importantly, we're I'm looking to position you guys on how to sell this now, right? And then to understand it, and to make an impact, to build a practice, and evolve it as it goes. We don't have a lot of partners or their customers. In fact, there's not a lot of customers. Period that buy on the bleeding edge, because when you're on the bleeding edge, as a friend of mine used to say, you bleed. Uh, and so not right. a lot of customers are signing up for that, right? They might do it in a beta format, but they're not going big and wide with that. And so you hear about these emerging cool technologies and by all means, they will make an impact, but it's not like you're missing out on something. So we did a show of hands in this, this academy and I said, how many of you guys feel like you're missing out on something? And their hands, a lot of hands went up and I said, you're not. Actually, I said, you're not, right? So stop beating yourselves up, especially in the part of the country that these guys are in. It's like, I have bleeding edge conversations when I'm in one to two areas of the country. One is in Seattle where I live and I'm part of a couple of groups and that's all they do. So that my brain's a little bit tainted on that because when I get, you know, in those conversations, it's different. 
and the other one's when I'm down in the Bay Area and I'm mixing and matching with some of the some of the leading guys down there. Yeah, they're always looking at next up, but they're all they're also the ones that are creating it a lot of the times. Yeah. And so for the rest of our, you know, the country and a lot of our partners, my biggest message is like, hey, you haven't missed the boat. If you're putting investment into it now, it's a great idea. This is an explosive market. You're getting access to more technology. And what that means is that you're going to be able to control more of the conversation with your customer on their whole technology stack. And so, you know, take a breath, utilize the resources and, you know, take the training. So you understand the vocabulary. The other thing that I always, you know, push our partner to do is once you start to get into an opportunity, ask the suppliers that you're utilizing for sample invoices. The more that you can understand the units that are being measured and billed and things like that, the better off you'll be. You'll you'll feel more comfortable with it. Because I can tell you that was one of the biggest things for me when I was trying to learn how to sell a T1. I was like, well, how do we bill for it? Like, break it down, right? Uh, how do we bill for a circuit? How do we bill for MPLS? Like, those things always help me make sense. And because when a customer is looking at a bill, that's what they're going to want to know. Like, what does this mean? What does that mean? And it'll help you understand that environment a lot more. Yeah. Awesome advice. Uh, it, it is interesting because I think we do have some perception of it's a very simplified single line item or two line items, but seeing all the things that really goes into that, it does open up the eyes. Uh, that's a really great suggestion to get your hands on an invoice, yeah. a bill, just a deeper quote, things like that. Yeah. Those AWS bills are so simple to read, right? Um, <laughs> companies that have been successful just at breaking down people's AWS bills. Wrong. Yeah. So yeah. It is, Nobody's... It's a complex environment. Yeah, they're not incentivized to make it very easy to figure out where these charges are coming from necessarily. Uh, so yeah, great, great point. To be fair, you're billing by the second. Yeah. So exactly, <laughs> exactly. So I think you've you've brought up some great points about things that partners can be doing to create a practice around this, right? If they're if they're not sure, um, they want to attend a you know one of the regional events, maybe something lighter. They can come to a, a a boot camp and they can meet a couple of suppliers there. They can hear some about the talk track. Um, but we've seen some really great success in the academies that, that, that you've run of, you know, really spending time deep diving with partners, figuring out how to better approach that technology and seeing some great results out of that. People, partner getting the, the confidence that, um, you know, uh, kind of demystifying all the components of that and just how to navigate those, those talk tracks. So um, excited to continue to see that as well. Well, and one point I want to make on the academies in particular is as much as I love to be uh, the one that takes all the credit for good things happening. Um, we have our suppliers that come to those. We have six suppliers that all do breakout sessions and they're equally, if not more so, uh, impactful for a lot of the partners, right? Some of the stuff that we cover in the main sessions, I think will hit home with a majority of our partners, but then there's something that'll catch their attention in the breakout sessions as well. And as they get to know a supplier more and more and more, like we've had some suppliers show up that weren't known at all. And they walked out with a, a tremendous amount of opportunities and closes with those partners. So it's a successful event for both uh, both parties. Yeah. So it's just something to keep in mind. And then also one thing I didn't really mention is leaning on your team for education and conversation. Now you guys run the boot camps for us generally in the local sense. If Anthony isn't able to make it out, uh, you know, our field sales engineering team steps in and more than qualified, right? We talked about certifications and things like that. I think our team leads the league in cloud certifications along with others mm -hmm. uh, that we continue to build on. And I don't think that is going to be something that's going to be catchable by anybody else yeah. uh, with the team that we've had uh, aligned. I mean, we just added another great member of the team out in the West uh, with a cloud and data center background that yeah. I couldn't be more excited about. Yeah, 100%. Great points. So 
um, you know, as as we get near the end here, I want to wrap a little bit. Um, I want I want to talk about deals for a second and some trends, and then we'll get to you know roadmap and future and, and bleeding edge and all that good stuff. So you know, you and I, I mean, even have 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 been in as this team has grown, have been in the middle of a ton of deals, and I think what's been eye opening for me is that. You know, we we a lot of the times anticipate that the customer knows exactly what they want. They know where they're at. They know where they need to go. They're they're ready to buy product A or product B. Um, but it's been eye opening. I think some of the trends that we've seen. Do you want to maybe just talk about demystifying that and, and and what you see, maybe common threads that you see when we talk to different size of customers to help a partner that maybe hasn't gone through that uh, engagement yet? Yeah, I'd say this is this is actually going to be true across all all size of customers for the most part there's a very rare sliver of like the type of buyers that we interact with that we would call transformational that stay ahead of the trends that know exactly what they're doing and they they call us we pick up the phone and they say go go get me that and the answer to that is yes and go as fast as you can so they don't get mad at you and go to somebody else right you i call it being a gopher be that guy's gopher as much as you possibly can be uh, for the other four type of buyers, right? The heterogeneous, the security guy, the price conscious guy. Um, those are going to be really um, where you're, oh, I'm sorry, not to mention the slow and steady guy. There's the fourth. Mm -hmm. uh, those are going to be a little bit different conversations. Um, what I've noticed are companies want to be told how to do this. They want to be given a plan. Um, you know, I get into this whole talk track around like the three T's of like where our partners set. You have partners that are really good with transactional. I, hell, I think we all are. Transactional, hey, need a circuit. Let me go get that. Price it out. Here you go. Here's the paperwork. We've all pretty much been trained on that. Then you get partners that are getting invited into the, their customers' transitions. Meaning their customers already have a roadmap. They know where they're wanting to go. They're going from prem to cloud or they're going from PBX to cloud-based UC, et cetera, et cetera. Hey, help us on our journey, get us the right suppliers involved and help us navigate this, the buying process. That's an awesome place. We, we do really well there too. And then I've seen partners that have been part of the transformational piece where they're now sitting with the customers and they're giving them insight and saying, here's how you should do this. Here are the players that we should use. Here are the things that I've seen work or here are the things that my team has seen work. Let, let me get my my guys involved with this conversation. So we get the right steps and the right elements. And that's where I've seen like our team shine quite a bit too in helping our partners. Even if the partner feels like they're out a little bit over their skis and they're like, I don't know exactly how to guide this. We've done a number of those, right? And we can give them that transformational guidance, right? I hate to use the word digital transformation just because I think it's overused, but I'm, essentially that's what it is. And so, as we go through that with the customer and our partner, we see a tremendous opportunity not to just hit on like cloud and cloud infrastructure, but also security and, you know, the customer experience piece, both internally with like a UC cloud piece and externally with that contact center and what you're utilizing there. And what we're also seeing is quite a big movement. And this kind of gets into that next segment that you kind of mentioned is around application management, design and deployment. We're seeing a lot more conversations around that around like an SAP, Oracle, who can help me, who can support me. And that, that's been around the channel slightly, but it's here loud now. And we're seeing some pretty monster opportunities and wins with a number of different suppliers. It's really exciting in that space. 
Yeah. And yeah, just to, to double down, I mean, same, same thing, right. Of, of people don't want to be the first one to do something. They want to hear about, tell me about what you've done before with this and what the other customers or somebody in my industry did. Um, yeah. it, and, and okay, I can, I can wrap my head around making that cause I won't be the first one to do it. I don't want to be your first customer and that kind of thing. So great point. Um, definite, definite well, common thread that we see there. And I mean, I've been, we've all been to a lot of presentations, right? The one that I heard a, a pin drop at is when a, a VP level guy walked through a digital transformation and you had CIOs and VPs from tons of fortune, like 200 companies in this room and they were making a sound in that like normal when people present as you know, there's background noise, especially if food's being served here, mm-hmm. not a pin drop. And it dawned on me, I'm like, oh, they don't know how to do this. And yeah. they're taking every note possible to figure out what this guy did and how he did it and how they can implement that. Uh, there's a 70% failure rate on digital transformations. There's a, you know over a trillion bucks spent a year, I think 1.3, with a 70% failure rate. So companies aren't looking for someone to come in and be a gopher in this conversation. They're looking for someone to come in and help set you know, if nothing else, making sure that their transition plan is accurate. And if they can get in on the transformational conversation, then they have a lot more control of a lot more of that technology stack from what I've seen. Great points. Uh, really good points, All that, especially all that wasted spend. That's huge. Such an area that we can impact. And, you know, seeing stats out there, seeing uh, CEO uh, Amazon used to run AWS talk about, you know, we we think, geez, how, how saturated is this market? And it's so far from saturated, less than 10, less than 15% of the world has even made a jump or moved some infrastructure into cloud. So it's so much ground out there to cover. Yeah, that goes back to my point with partners that feel like they've missed the boat or they're getting lapped. You're not. Just take a breath, take it you know, one step at a time, and you'll get to where you need to be. And I'm not trying to sound like overly optimistic or cheesy. I've just seen it work time after time. We've, yeah. Like you said, we've had great growth. We've what I'm mostly proud of is not the numbers, which are, you know, the MRC based numbers, which are great, but the participation numbers and the amount of partners that are jumping in and starting to sell this on a consistent basis. Like that's what I hang my hat on is like, who's learning how to do it and how often are they doing it? And we've seen more partners make this part of their daily, you know, conversations with their customers. And that's what's really exciting to see. Yeah. Agree. Okay, final thoughts. Um, flash forward the next couple of years. I mean, we talked bleeding edge. Is it is it serverless? Is it more containers? Is it you know API? What's your perspective on what do the next couple of years look like? What are we What are we going to see? You want my perspective on what it looks like in the channel or in outside and in the in the entire world? Because um, there's going to be a couple of there's going to be a couple of splashes that hit in the channel that's going to take our focus there because it's technology that's been around that we've been adjacent to that we now have access to like the ERP and the CRM systems. Right. Yeah. And I think that for the channel is going to continue to be bigger and bigger. Um, licenses are going to continue to be bigger and bigger conversations and really being able to, like I said, control that entire narrative with your customer and protect what's ours from like the consulting firms that we've talked about, like uh, Accenture, Deloitte's, KPMG's, which is why we're beefing up your team, right? To become the technical resource and beefing up the portfolio so we can not give them an in- entry point into your customer base as they are, they are attacking the mid-market a lot more. Um, from a technology standpoint, uh, I think the evolution or the continued um, like 
increase of containers is going to continue. I mean, it just makes sense, yeah. right? It just it's an easier play for everyone, and I think everyone's starting to kind of get that down. Uh, infrastructure as code is going to continue to be more and more common as the workplace delivers more capabilities for employees to deliver that. Um, I do think the great resignation is going to continue to push companies to utilize company like suppliers that are in our portfolio. And I think it'll be a very rich environment for like our partners. I mean, if think about that, like you have all of these, that's the biggest draw to utilizing cloud. And then more importantly, utilizing cloud through an MSP slash CSP is you have all of these capabilities and all this technology that's available, but customers either haven't started to utilize it because they don't have the resources in house to do it or the resources they have that can do it are so buried with other things. And now you, you pile that on. That's been true for five, 10 years. Now you pile that on with this great resignation situation and it only enhances it 20 X. Yeah. Right. So at this point, like if you haven't talked to your customers about, you know, Every conversation I start with a customer is tell me about your team, tell me about your resources, where are your limitations, what are your business goals and objectives, can that team get you there, right? And as that becomes answered through that conversation, I know which way to take it and how are we going to design this out with which, which angle do we want to take? And I think there's more and more of that to be had. Um, so I think more and more managed services, I think the technology will allow for a lot more automation of this stuff uh, from what I, everything I've seen and more and more robotics, right? As that becomes easier with the capability of the bandwidth that's available now, the connection points, micro data centers that are being put out everywhere, uh, AI, robotics, and um, everything along that line, I think will continue to grow. Love it. Great stuff. Uh, some of the, my favorite to talk about. Uh, I believe that wraps us up. That brings us to the end. Kobe, appreciate you coming on the show today, man. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me. All right, everybody. That wraps us up for our uh, cloud infrastructure kickoff with Kobe Phillips, VP of the cloud practice at Tolaris. Until next week. Thanks, everybody. Next Level BizTech has been a production of Tolaris Studio 19. Please visit Tolaris.com for more information.